You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 158, Tim Robertson, David Cohen. We're going to talk about in-app purchases, uh, Diablo 3, and a few other things. Check it out. And it is tech fan number 158. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. So, sheepish, uh, sheepish David. Yeah. <laughs> we won't even get into that. No. No. I might sneeze in the middle of this podcast a few times. Hay fever, I guess. Maybe you're just allergic to life. You know, my, my sinuses tend to start going downhill, I guess you'd say. At night, usually around ten o'clock, I start my eyes start watering and got to blow my nose a few times, and it's not fun. Um, sound like it. And then when I wake up in the morning, I'm usually a little stuffy for the first hour or so, and then it goes away for the most part. But not today. Today I've been sneezing. My eyes are watery. It's just not fun. It's springtime, so I guess you know I can't complain too much. But this is year round for me. But today is seems to be a little. Uh, more extreme, but what can you do, right? You just gotta suck it up. Yeah, suck it up. Or sniff it up as the uh, sniffle. <laughs> appropriate. Sniffle yeah. it up. Yeah. So we're uh, a few days late, but we'll have another episode later in the week as well at the end of the week. Mm. But last week, David, uh, finally, OWC Radio number one launched. Yeah, it did. I yeah. listened to it with some pleasure. Yeah. Did you enjoy it then? Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. pleasure. <laughs> it's just it's just a, a, a it's just a figure of speech it doesn't mean anything the uh next one will come out a week from today next monday yeah. i've already recorded the interview segment for the next episode and it's with sean king and all right cool uh, it, it yeah I like about, it went about 40 minutes or so i mean it was a longer 45 minutes maybe so uh the next episode will have more interview and sean's one of those guys i've i've got along good with him since oh i'm gonna say 98 or so and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm not going to say we're friends. I, I don't see the guy or talk to him enough to say that. But we're acquaintances and we get along. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things he told me off the air was that he doesn't usually get invited to other podcasts. And that's because he is kind of vocal on his own show and he calls people out and it, it angers people. So they don't usually invite him on their shows. You know, you know what I find Sean interesting because he does have a bit of a reputation. I yeah. mean, he's... He's kicked up a bit of a fuss at a couple of Macworlds, and um, yeah, he 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 always has been very opinionated and very straightforward. Um, but you know what? I kind of admire that about him. So do I. And you know, I told him I said uh, that that I never even thought about that, and and he was right. I I don't think I've ever heard him on another podcast. Yeah. But that being said, um. I don't remember him ever attacking me. And I said, and even if you did, I wouldn't have taken it personal. I don't care. I think the thing is, is what people don't like is that he calls it like it is. I mean, sometimes he gets it wrong. And I've heard him apologize for mm-hmm. getting it wrong. Um, he's not so arrogant that he thinks he's right all the time. And sometimes he's held up his hands and say, yeah, I misunderstood that. I didn't 
didn't uh, I didn't get that right. I shouldn't have done that. But the the thing is, is sometimes he says things that nobody else will say mm-hmm. because they're too frightened or they just want to ignore it or or turn their back on a problem. And whereas whereas he he calls it like he sees it. Yeah, I admire that. I yeah. really do. And it was a good interview. And Sean's one of those guys that I can ask a very simple question and then seven minutes later I can ask another question. Yeah. So I just have to wind him up and I know he's gonna go. Yeah. And that's kind of a refreshing change for me. Usually when I do interviews with people, I really have to lead the interview. Yeah. You know, they don't a lot of people generally they won't volunteer anything extra. You know, they won't change the subject or they won't bring something else up and run with that because that's a better topic or anything like that. But Sean, he just goes. And uh, it was a lot of fun, I got to say. Cool. I'll look forward to that. I'm going to drink a lot of fluids during this episode, too. Yeah, they, I, I guess the um, the only thing I'd say about OWC is you could kind of you could see the joins where the you know there'd been a gap between you recording that interview and actually issuing the show but obviously that won't be a problem going forward no it won't um yeah i mean with steve sandy we and the same thing happened in um, the first go round in 2009 i recorded the interview with steve sandy for the first episode then literally like six weeks before the first episode came out so i guess yeah. it was appropriate maybe i shouldn't have interviewed steve and the show would have started beforehand <laughs> <laughs> he jinxed us but maybe I, you know i'm happy to be doing that show again it's a show that uh uh, I created for OWC back in 2009. I always felt like I left it right when I was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right when it was hitting its stride. I knew what the show was. I felt comfortable with it. It'll be a little bit different this time in that I'm going to be a little bit more informative, a little bit less rambling. Uh, the first episode is kind of a, an introduction to who I am because I don't want to assume that people are listening to that episode ever heard the the other episodes or have ever heard Tech Fan or any other podcast that I've done. So I did want to kind of do an intro show and and allow people to get to know me a little bit. So I hope that anybody listening to Tech Fan will go give that a try. And uh, like I said, every two weeks we'll have a new episode out, and uh, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. And I'm I was glad to share it with you early, David. You got to hear it probably. Uh, actually, you were the first person to ever hear it because I didn't even listen to that show back until. Actually, I haven't even listened to that show back. I started to, but <laughs> I had to stop because of the whole holiday weekend we just had, which was kind of crazy. Yep. Yeah. Crazy, crazy weekends always when you get a bit of time to yourself. Now, you don't sign into Facebook usually, right? Uh, <laughs> hardly ever. Well, if you would have signed in um, yesterday. Or day before yesterday. Let me uh, pull it up, and I can actually r- read you what I wrote. And there's a pic- picture associated with it as well. Uh, although, I'll start here. I wrote one that says, Dear Apple, thanks for sending me my iTunes music receipt three days after I purchased said music. That's useful. That happened to you? That happens to me every time I buy music that happens to me quite a lot, yeah. I buy it something on a Monday and I get a receipt like Thursday night. Like you just spent a dollar 29. I'm thinking, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? Oh, that's kind of annoying. So on April 19th, David, I wrote, um, something for years. I didn't think I would ever post. This is a picture taken today of me, obviously. And my brother, Don Barton. Yes. My younger brother. 
Some of you know I grew up an only child and only found out seven years ago that I had two siblings. Today I actually met one, Don, and it was nice to finally meet. So there's a, an actual picture of me with my brother on Facebook. That's cool. First time I met him was uh, Saturday. And uh, that was, it's still weird for me to say my brother. <laughs> did you, did, when you arrived, did you say, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Do you remember you owe me 50 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> No, he was sitting on a couch. I walked in, and uh, we shook hands, and I met his wife, who I've been friends with on Facebook as well, and his two kids. They're uh, teenagers. And uh, we talked for a, a little while, and then we had an Easter egg hunt, and we talked a little bit more and did the picture thing, and he had to take off. He had a concert he was going to. And uh, it was fun, though. I mean, cool. it was different as well. You know what I mean? When, yeah. when you're an only child and you've, Look, I'm 44 years old, so my whole life I've been an only child. My only, the only thing I've ever had close to that was, you know, Julie's family. So I've had sister-in-laws and a brother-in-law, uh, and the same thing when I was married to my first wife. I had a brother-in-law and some sister-in-laws, but that's the closest I've ever come to having siblings. So to have an actual somebody that's a brother is uh, is weird. And for him, he's been the oldest brother his whole life until now. <laughs> now all of a sudden, he's not the oldest brother anymore. So it was neat. It's, cool. It's, yeah. And it would not have happened if not for Facebook. So I give credit where credit's due. I know we both have some. No, but I, I, I think that's those are one of the areas where Facebook excels, actually, is allowing you to hook up with people you might not have you've either not uh, you've either fallen out of touch with or you, you might not have known otherwise i think that's one of the things it is good for it's yeah. a lot of the other stuff i don't like it yeah then that's definitely the case here i never would have met him ever if it wasn't for facebook yeah i can i can pretty much guarantee it because number one he had no idea i existed until just a few years ago so and you know our biological father died a few years back too it was like seven years ago yeah so he never would have found out if not for social media and in particular Facebook. So I think that's uh, interesting. And I've been reading, speaking of social media and websites, Amazon is going to launch a phone, David. Yeah. I don't know what I, to think about a, an Amazon phone. It's, it, it, I mean, it's just going to be another I, Android phone, right? Well, this is it. When I, when I first read the reports, I kind of thought, well, why? Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to really fit with their business model. I can understand I suppose, the Fire TV, and I can understand tablets and Kindles. That all makes perfect yeah. sense to me. But a phone? That, and, that and doesn't that, make any sense to me. Yeah, because the sort of things you you do on a on a device, reading, video, all of those sorts of things, are not the same sorts of things most people nowadays do on a phone. Yeah, we all did when the iPhone first came out because there was nothing better. But now I I hardly ever watch video on my iPhone because I'd rather watch on a tablet. Yep. And I'm for, you know, I suppose I'm you know I'm fortunate I can afford to have both. Uh, well, uh, though, uh, to be fair, David, the younger generation, like my one of my older daughters, they watch videos on their phones all the time. Yeah. So I I mean I don't know it, I it's hard to comment until until it actually comes out and you can see what it does, but they're entering a very crowded space, very competitive space that's locked up pretty much by two players yep. um, and it's hard to see quite what they're going to bring that's going to be a differentiator and if 
if it's just going to be another Android phone, then you just kind of say, well, why why would you do that when you can already run your apps on everyone else's Android phones? I would have thought a Facebook phone would make more sense than an Amazon phone. And for all intents and purposes, and uh, Facebook was a colossal failure with their phone. Yeah. Yeah. It was good hardware, it was good software, and uh, it tied into Facebook extremely well, better than anything before or since. Everybody's using Facebook except for, you know, just a few people. People live on Facebook, and yet the now, phone was a colossal failure. Nobody yeah. wanted it. Now, just to say that Amazon phone is it's only a rumor. I mean, it could have as much Rumor, uh, rumor credence as the iPhone 6 in terms of Yeah, but it's coming it's from the real. same sources that we're talking about um, the Amazon TV, too. So it's not just, you know, I, the, the places that I'm reading about it is pretty knowledgeable. Now, that's not to say that, you know, this is a real product and Amazon gets close and goes, yeah, you know what, this doesn't make sense for us, we're going to pull a plug. That could happen. Yeah, but from everything I'm reading, it looks like it's a real thing. It's going to be coming soon, very soon, and I just don't see the point. I really, really don't. It's, you know, sales I've heard, and from what I see on TV and advertising of a Galaxy, uh, Samsung's new phone, the 5S, or is it the S5? No, 5S. 5S, yeah. Um, has not been very good. There's already promotions: buy one get one free. I mean. Did you have you ever seen a buy one get one free iPhone deal on a product that just launched? Never. In no. fact, you can't get the new phone for a couple of weeks when it's a new iPhone. Yeah. I mean the gold ones it was like what 6 weeks before you can get a gold iPhone. That's crazy. But with the new Samsung's buy one get one free. That tells me that they had this big product launch, they had a lot of advertising and almost nobody came in to buy one. Did they have they advertised the S5 particularly strongly? I can't remember seeing a lot of advertising for I it. I saw some on the television. I've seen a lot of uh, web banners for it. And uh, obviously they seeded every tech website in the world with review units. I actually got an email from Samsung asking if I was interested, and I wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're pushing it pretty hard, but nobody I seems suppose, to be buying. Well, I suppose one of the problems they have is that... Um, people seeing ads for them will probably struggle to differentiate it from any of their other phones. Well, but you can say the same thing about the iPhone as well. I mean, when if you look between the iPhone 4 and 4S, 5 and 5S, I mean, they physically look pretty similar. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that Apple is very good at, at picking out a couple of features that change between the phones and advertising heavily on those. Yeah. Samsung doesn't really do that because they stuff so many features into their phones it's hard for them to pick out one as the feature that's true um particularly as a lot of them don't work well i mean the the five the uh, the s5 has a uh, fingerprint sensor and apparently sucks well david so they, pogue had a review of the new 5s and it was pretty scathing he, yeah. he didn't see the point of the phone at all in fact most of the reviews that i've read said you know what, if you've got the previous generation, you're going to be probably more happy with it than this new one. And that's, <laughs> as a tech company, that's probably the last thing you want to hear. Ah, if you've got their old one, keep it. You don't need the new one. Yeah. But the same token, I'll be honest with you, Apple is kind of facing that problem with their iPad right now. I still have an iPad third generation. It's the retina screen, but with the 
30-pin connector. Unless this thing stops working, David, or there's a new iPad that's significantly different around the same size, I, I, there's just no need for me to buy the new iPad. Other than having a lightning connector and it will charge faster, there's really no big need for me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess, at, at which point does good enough mean it's good enough? You don't really need to buy a new one unless you absolutely have to because yours broke or whatever. At what point yeah. do these companies well, really uh, need to start doing something a little bit different to to generate sales again? I mean, with the iPad, I would imagine that iOS 8 will not run on the third generation iPad. Maybe, maybe not. So, um, iOS so that, 7 seems to run really, really well. In fact, it yeah. may be faster for all intents and purposes. But they, they tend to they tend to drop support after about three years, don't they? So um, I would imagine that that the iOS 8 is going to so stop. do you think that's planned obsolescence, or do you just think that they're going so far in advance with the new operating systems that at some point they have to stop supporting the old Well, I, I, think, they, I think they balance up performance on those older devices with older chipsets against the features they want and then they they make a decision about where to draw the line mm-hmm. um i mean we know from the from the mac days that certainly back in the old um g4 powerbook days that uh and and max that you could get some arbitrary decisions about what would run um and if you actually found a way to hack your way around those things you found that the thing ran okay I remember uh, Leopard, for instance, had, was it 867 megahertz was yes. the processor speed um, line for that. And in fact, I, I, inst- I managed to hack Leopard round onto some other machines that were, that were below that. And it ran okay. It wasn't brilliant, but it was okay. Um, now, obviously, that you can't get around those limitations on the iOS devices. But again, um, the first, it's, it's a bit better now, but the first, first run of iOS 7 didn't run particularly well on the original iPhone 4. No, it didn't. Um, and, and so those that's where... 4S. Uh, well, on the 4. It ran better on the 4S because yes. the 4S had a faster process. But on the original 4, it ran okay, but only okay. Um, and, and I'm sure there was an internal debate inside Apple about whether they should support the 4 for that reason because they're always about the user experience. Yeah, and if the exper- user experience suffers because the old platform or old hardware simply can't run it efficiently, then they're not going to support it. Exactly. And that and makes I, I sense. Think, yeah, and I think that's much more their decision process rather than some Machiavellian scheme to try and force people to upgrade. But by the same token, that is their business, to get you to buy a new device. Yeah. Make no mistake, Apple wants you to upgrade your iPhone every two years. And I think that's one of the reasons that they stopped going with the... You know, iPhone 4, iPhone 5, 6, 7. It went iPhone 4, 4S, 5, 5S. Because they know most people were buying the first one. And they didn't have the money to buy the second one. So they made it seem like a less of a big deal upgrade. Yeah. And every two years, they come out with a full-fledged, this is the iPhone 6, this is the iPhone 7. And because that's what most people are going to buy. Although I don't know if that was the case here. Because it seems to me, I see a lot more 5Ss than 5s in the wild now. So, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think the fingerprint sensor was quite a big deal for a lot of people. It, it was for me, but I'll be honest with you, it only works half the time for me now. Oh, I, I, well, I've, only, I've not had mine that long, but it works great for me. It worked great for me for about four months, and then it just, you know, I, I put my thumb on there and it shakes its head, no, nope, nope, nope. 
and it's very frustrating. It seems to work with my left thumb better for a while because I added it to it. But now that one too is just, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I think maybe your thumbs are changing. They are. And plus, well, I suck my thumb, so, you know, it's probably because it's wet. If it's wet, no, I've noticed it doesn't work well if it's wet. (laughs) I don't suck my thumbs. So a lot of uh, nothing really going on in the tech world at the moment from what I can see. It's kind uh, of a lull. Yeah, I had an interesting experience. It was my birthday yesterday. And, um, and I, I did know that, and I sent you a happy I know, birthday you did, wishes. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and um, I was sent a gift by my brother, who sent me Diablo 3, which is uh, something that I've been... Well, I mean, you remember, I was very excited about it before it came out, and then it came out with the always on DRM, and I was substantially less excited. So he, he asked me what I wanted, and I said, oh, you know, I, I mentioned a few things, and I'd mentioned this game to him before, so he said, oh, do you want me to get you that game? Uh, and uh, I said, yeah, sure, you know, yeah, that'd be good. So, But when he sent it to me, um, I'd assumed he would get me the Xbox 360 version. In fact, he sent me the version for the PC and the Mac. Oh. So uh, I, I was fairly intrigued. So uh, I, would rather the, I-, I would rather the computer version of the game, too. That's more of a pointy-clicky game. I think having played it now, um, I'm pleased that I've got the PC version because that means I will be able to try out playing it when i'm on the road right and seeing how well that always on connection requirement figures out and report back to you guys so i've got i've got more about on uh, always on connection by the way when you're done okay well i'll just say that i really like the game um they've made quite a lot of changes to it fairly recently they dumped all the auction stuff and the real all the in-app purchase type stuff they had going on is all gone so uh, and they've rebalanced the game accordingly. So now it it drops. The, the whole thing about Diablo is about killing monsters and picking up stuff. It's a dungeon crawler. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks pretty good. Um, not as good as I was expecting. I'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. But it, it looks pretty good. It plays pretty well. It plays a little bit differently than the original ones in that um, it does. The, with the original ones, you could always tell that the the, the map was was a grid. Yes. And you were moving from squares in a grid, even though you were actually kind of moving around. Yeah, but you it was it was yeah. so gritty. Absolutely. This this is this is not really very gritty. This this feels like you're just wandering around the environment. Um, is that good or bad? Oh uh, no, it's it works pretty well. Sometimes it can get a bit hairy when you're surrounded by monsters and you kind of can't see what you're going on. So I find I'm I'm actually doing much less clicking than I used to because you can now kind of target monsters click and hold and and kind of all that sort of stuff the gameplay is what the gameplay is if you've played the original diablo games um this is not substantially different in some respects it's a little bit easier because more of the uh life and um magic and that sort of thing um fill fill up on their own rather than you collecting potions um and certainly i the first act it ramps you in very easily with the uh, with the difficulty. I, I spent about half of the of the first act, which is about four hours or so, thinking I'm ri- ridiculously overpowered here. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if I if I carry on like this, this game's going to be really easy. But it, then it kind of steps up, and all of a sudden you find it, it a bit more challenging. So uh, yeah, you know, it's it's fine. It's a good game if you like that sort of game, um, and you've got the right hardware to run it. And I'm not running it on high end hardware. I'm running it on a Mac Mac Mini. Um, I've tried it on my work pc which is a uh, ultra book style thing and it works works fine on that you know so it's great however 
I knew there was a I however was, coming. I was mildly surprised to stick in the DVD and start installing it on my Mac Mini, and it telling me that there was going to it needed twenty five gigabytes of free space. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Blizzard's <laughs> been guilty of that since uh, Warcraft three. Uh, but I, I looked at I, th- I actually thought, have I misread that? <laughs> That's a lot of space. 25 gigabytes. I had to actually clear out some space in my drive to install the game. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it's got this rocking graphic engine and, and, you know, and running the game. Yeah, it looks okay, but it doesn't look that much better than a, than most look, of the games I play on my look iPad. It like 25 gigs of storage It does space. not look like 25. I'm thinking, what the hell are they doing with all this space? Because you'd imagine that, that one of the advantages of having that always-on connection is you could do some stuff up in the cloud. You could maybe stream stuff down to the machine, so you would, you would need less space, not more. Right. 25 gigabyte. Oh, and the first time I, I ran it up, it um, I, I finished it, I turned it off, and I came back later, and it said it wants to install an update, another two and a half gigabytes. Oh, that is that drives me crazy. Blizzard is the worst now, with it comes to that. Now to, oh, well, actually, I would say, to be fair, though, it did let me play while that update was downloading. Yeah, well, but, with StarCraft 2... It does the same thing, but it only lets you play after it's downloaded about 25% of whatever the update is. But again, you just think 25, 30 gigabytes of data for a, a game that, yeah, it looks nice, but it's not that different than the, than the one that came on a CD. Yeah. Really? I, and I, I don't. I don't understand that. I well, don't. Well, you can go into the package content and see what the heck is taking out of the space. Maybe, is it music? Is it. I no, Well, not really. Again, there's, there's not. There's no, um, there's very little, little in-game video. There's um, the music, from what I've heard so far, is is fairly limited. There's not lots of different music. There's a lot of stuff I've heard heard there before from the older games, and and again, it tends to play only two or three tracks depending on what's going on. There's there's a, I suppose there's a fair amount of dialogue in the game, but badly acted dialogue, by the way. No. Um, but the dialogue shouldn't be. Not I mean, unless dialogue. they're doing uncompressed AIF. <laughs> well, but why would why would you do that for dialogue? It, it just I just don't get it. It you look at what you're playing and 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 unless there's an awful lot going on other than the covers that you can't see, you just can't understand how it needs so much data. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it, it it is it is insane um, and um, yeah, mystifying. So I mean, it's not like it's a first-person shooter where it has to redraw the background every few seconds, and I, I could get that. I, if it was a Halo type of game or Call of Duty, sure, fine. But this is a top-down scroller and, and dungeon and, crawler. And when you're playing it, it's not like there's a lot of variety. No. You're in a particular a particular level or a particular type of dungeon. You'll see two or three different types of monster over and over and over again. It's not like you're getting thrown lots and lots of different things to you all the time. So, And if I, I remember back, you only see a part of the screen at any one time anyways. The rest of it's like blacked out. Exactly. Yeah. It's all <laughs> well, those being light just, pixels take a lot of space there. Yes, that's what it is. It's only when you light them up that the space goes. You, right. can't comp- you can't compress them when they're dark. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's it's a good game. It's a fun game. I'm having fun. The, the one thing I like about the cloud stuff is that I can um, come off my Mac and then go and pick up my laptop and um, log into the game, and I can play from where I was without having to worry about moving save files around or anything like that. That's kind of cool. Yep. 
Um, I don't I don't see why I need always on DRM for that. So as I said, the the only thing I'm waiting to try now is um, is actually you know go to a hotel room, go on the hotel Wi-Fi, and see how the game works. And if in the single player campaign it works okay, then I, maybe I'll I'll be less grumbly about the always on DRM. Well, let's uh, talk about I'm still that. I'm still kind of ticked off that I can't play the game on the train because I won't have an internet connection. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about uh, a little bit more of that in always on internet connection. Be right back. Siri, I'm looking for a new Apple podcast to listen to. Any recommendations? I found one new podcast for you, but it looks like they only record themselves drinking and chatting about the latest Apple news and rumor. Well, that sounds great. What's it called? It's called the Mac Gist Podcast. But Nick, why would anyone listen to that? Well, Siri, alcohol is the anesthesia by which we endure the operation of life. I found these five rehab clinics near you. Would you like directions? Ugh, Siri, enough with the rehab. Just download the latest MacGist podcast now. I'm sorry, Nick. I cannot do that at this time. Go home, Siri. You're drunk. That's not nice. Eh, what does she know anyways? Check us out over at themacgistpodcast.com. Back here on Tech Fan number 158, I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. We would love to hear uh, from you guys some feedback. You know, David, um, Sean King was talking about feedback on his own show. Yeah. And he said one of the, the tactics he was starting to take is to ask people to send feedback, even if it's very simple stuff, like, hey, I'm really enjoying the show. And he said, because, you know, everybody, when they're, when they're doing podcasting or they're an artist or whoever, and no matter what you're doing, you, you like to get the positive feedback. And yep. uh, I thought, yeah, maybe we should maybe take that tactic. So if you listen to Tech Fan and you enjoy it, just send us a quick email. Let us know that you're out there listening. Let us know where you are because David and I are, um, you know, we're thousands of miles apart in different countries and we'd love to know where you're at. And I think that would be cool if, uh, you know, to find out where everybody's listening from. Yeah. So Definitely. send us an email. I'm uh, yeah. Tim at techfanpodcast.com. I'm David at techfanpodcast.com. And, and we'd uh, love yeah, to hear yeah, from don't, you. Don't, don't feel it has to be a com- particular comment or, or an interaction about anything we've, we said. If you just want to give us a shout out, that'll be fine. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, and it's kind of, it validates what you're doing. It lets you know that. There are actual people out there listening. I know there are. I see the stats. I see how many people download the show. And when you compare that to the amount of feedback we get, it it really doesn't add up. So we uh, welcome and encourage and request uh, hearing from you guys. Let us know. Talk to us out there. Let's make this more of a a two-way conversation, if you will. So, David, you were talking about in-app purchases. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, literally... As we started our uh, Skype conversation before we actually started recording, I was reading a review at the Touch Arcade. A game came out last week that I was somewhat interested in. Uh, my there was a version that came out a couple of years ago. My son really liked to play it, Cole, and I thought, well, maybe I'll pick up the new version. Except it's four ninety nine, and I thought, ah, eh, five bucks. I'm going to wait till I read a review because if it's not any good, I don't want to get it. And it's the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, my wife was really into the first, the first one. Mm-hmm. She uh, she played the heck out of that. Uh, and that so was a pretty I, good game. Yeah, 
yeah, it was. Um, it was a nice, um, open kind of open worldish type sandbox game. So I was very. Yeah, it's number one big red flag right at the beginning for me is GameLoft made it, and GameLoft has I got to be honest a terrible reputation. Uh, they're a cloner, in other words, they don't really come up with any unique or new IP uh, international it, their own properties, I should say. Yeah. Um, they basically just find a genre and they copy the biggest game in that genre. They've copied Halo, they've copied Grand Theft Auto, but this was something that it's not their property. They're obviously making it in conjunction with another company. Um, they were probably paid to make the game, plus they probably get a percentage of every copy sold. Uh, it's a licensed game. And so I read this review at the Touch Arcade, and it gets a two out of five review. This game requires an always-on internet connection. And the reviewer, even when he was connected, the app itself would say, you're not connected to the internet. And the only thing he could figure is that it's trying to hit GameLoft servers, and they're overloaded. And he would have to hit retry, retry, retry over and over and over. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm just scanning the review here. Why? Why does it do this? It also has in-app purchases that border on the ridiculous. They're just costumes. And they go from anywhere from three two ninety nine all the way up to fifteen or twenty five ninety nine, which is wow. It's it the reviewer a, says the sheer audacity of it is almost admirable. You'd you'd have to be a pretty hardcore Spider Man fan to want to shell out that sort of money for a a set of polygons in a game. Yeah, on top of spending five bucks for the game. Um. Worse yet, there's an in-game currency where you can upgrade your skills. And the reviewer says, heaven forbid you upgrade one skill after grinding to get the free money in the game. And then the game requires you to have this other skill on the very next level. So now you got to spend hours and hours and hours of grinding to get the, the coins. Or, of course, you can always spend actual money. Wow. Uh, and this is this is a game where you're already paying. Yeah, you already paid the five bucks. You see, I I'm coming down to the conclusion with this that you, you've you've heard me talk before about how it it tweaks me where games come out at a price and then they drop to nice nice cents. Um, and you know, so much so that I don't buy games when they first come out now because I wait until they go on sale because it it just it's 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 the it's the um. There's a psychological effect that say you don't like feel like you've lost. That's the uh, joys of Skype. So we're going to take a quick break <laughs> again, and I'm going to see if I can get David back, and uh, we'll be right back here on TechFan. Hi, I'm Ryan Van Leer. And I'm Matt York. We're from the Four Pigs the Bell Tools podcast. What is Four Pigs the Bell Tools, you might ask? We're a group of gamers who, simply put, have a passion for gaming. What sets us apart is our unbiased coverage of all the major platforms. That is Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Wii U, 3DS, and PlayStation Vita. Sometimes even PC or mobile games too. We also love to reminisce about older games and systems from yesteryear. 
Four Pigs the Bell Tolls provides short but sweet reviews, the hottest gaming news, and in-depth gaming discussions. So if you love video games or would just like a fresh perspective of the industry, be sure to give us a listen and check out our YouTube page. We're part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts. And once again, back here on Tech Fan, uh, what happened there, David? Uh, the battery went flat my laptop. Yeah, well, that happens. So uh, you were talking about in-app purchases. We were talking about Spider-Man, this yeah. amazingly bad review it got at the Touch Arcade, which, thank you, Touch Arcade, you saved me five bucks. Well, I always use them for reviews now before I buy anything. I think they're the, they are at the top of their game when it comes to uh, games for iOS. Yeah, absolutely. They have every game they do. They do previews. They do video reviews. They do playthroughs. They have a great forum system for every game that comes out, um, so you can actually see real people's comments about them as well. They're they're a really great resource. Mm-hmm. The sort of resource that really Apple should have for the App Store, because I think if they did, it would avoid some of these problems. Absolutely. The problem of companies pitching a game too low in price, and then. Uh, basically doing a price gouge to try and recoup revenue from inside the game, which is what Gameloft have clearly tried to do here. Though that bus- This business with the online, I've played some other games which are like that. I tend to live with it um, if it's a game that's free. For instance, I think the last one that I really noticed um, it did was um, the Marvel uh, Puzzle Quest game. Mm-hmm. Did you play that one? No, it was, I'll be it, honest with you. I haven't been playing any games on my right. iPad in quite a while now. So the Marvel Puzzle Quest game was quite good. I quite like those sort of games where it's it's like the match three type gameplay, but it, in fact it has like a role-playing stats element to it as well. And then the Marvel one was, was actually pretty good. It had all the Avengers characters in, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but that required you to be always online, and that was so they could constantly be pushing stuff to you you know new offers and new opportunities and you know new types of game styles and not really ads but basically revenue opportunities let's put it that way um and i ignore most of it but i kind of put up with it on the basis that the game doesn't cost anything and and i think that's a it's it's not a trade i'm overly comfortable with but i guess it's a trade you make the difference here is this is a game where you're already paying five dollars which isn't a lot of money by Xbox, uh, PS4 standards, but you know it's in, in the iOS world. It's that's it's moderately li- expensive in the it's iOS moderately world. Moderately expensive, yeah. Um, and as I say, it, it's annoying because you know that GameLoft in particular is one of the houses that every time there's any sort of uh, excuse, then they put a whole load of games on sale. So you know that game's going to be nice, nice. Them at some point. and EA, they're the two biggest yeah. egregious companies when it comes to. We're going to bug you to death, whether you pay for the game or not. We're just going to constantly hammer at you. It's, and also, uh, I've also noticed that the Game Loft games are particularly good at... Somehow, even though I'm fairly sure I always tell it not to allow notifications, I still get notifications from the games on my iPad. Yep. Which is kind of annoying, and I, I'm, I've not yet figured out... I've not done the rigorous testing to figure out whether they have actually figured out a hole, or whether it's just me not looking what I'm doing properly. Every time uh, I get a notification from a game, I immediately turn it off. I go into yeah, the notification yeah, center. And I also go into the usage and make sure that there's nothing there, that it's taking up background processing. Yeah. And if I've done that, and most of them ask right when you launch the game, and I always say no. 
And if I've done that and I get another notification, I delete the game immediately. It's gone forever. There are no second chances in my world when it comes to that. You're not going to bug me after I told you not to. But that's again, that's annoying if you paid for a game and it well, does that. It, it, yeah, but uh, almost I, I can't think of one game that's ever done that that I actually paid for. Yeah, not one. Maybe, but I, I think this is part of the problem. Is that I know the App Store. I mean, it started with this whole ninety-nine cent games things. It's moving away from that now. The prices are generally rising. I'd be much happier with a game like Spider-Man Two if it had none of the DRM, none of the um, in-app purchases, uh, and and it was fifteen dollars. Yeah, and the and the extra costumes you unlock them as you're yeah. playing, progressing through the game. Hey, you just got this achievement. You killed twenty bad guys. You unlock the superior Spider-Man costume or the black costume, whatever it is. But yeah. no, you, I, I don't. I don't see a situation where people are ever going to play pay console game prices for um, games on our iPad. Well, if it it's, didn't happen with Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of game that people were kind of expecting is going to be expensive, and it came out the gate at nine ninety nine. And I yeah. own that game on three other platforms, the Mac, the PS2, and the 360, and I still bought it for the iPad. So $10, $15, I'm perfectly comfortable with if those games are good value play well and have good gameplay Mm -hmm. and let's drop all this stuff and i'm sure they would make more money in the long run than they're too short-sighted they're just too short-sighted you sent me an article about all this david what was that about uh, well that was that was from a a british games magazine called edge Uh uh-huh um and they were they basically they talked about they, uh, they talked about this in some detail and they said um the the tagline was uh, how in-app purchases and and apple Apple's App Store policy soured the App Store experience. That was kind of the, the headline. Um, but Do you agree uh, with that? Well, the thing is, is you actually read the article. The article, like many things in journalism nowadays, the article did not really... Uh, here we go. How clones fear sanitization and free-to-play soured Apple's iOS gaming revolution. Um, but actually, if you read through the article, what it actually does come down to is saying, well, look, there's nothing wrong with all of these... Um, all these necessarily with these uh, free-to-play models and that sort of thing. It's just they're being overdone. It does criticize Apple for making it so hard for the the good stuff to rise to the top. That's uh, been my uh, biggest beef with the entire... I'll be honest with you, Dave. For the last year, I've spent less on Mac... Or, I'm sorry, on iOS games in the last year than I did any previous year. And that's because... Crap is being promoted by Apple. Yeah, it's games that you, Apple has big splash on their main page. Well, it must be pretty good. Apple is promoting it, right? Because they only promoted good stuff back in the day, and half of it isn't any good. It's just yeah. not. And I don't trust the recommendations from Apple anymore. No, and that and that's, that goes back to what I was saying is that a site like Touch Arcade, if it was supported by Apple would be fabulous. Yep. You know, I have to look for independent websites now and they're, and they seem to be few and far between. I mean, look, I started at minute hoping that that was going to become that I just don't have time to do it. And the people that have tried to take it over in the past, it just didn't work. And I still own that property, David, that podcast could still be relaunched at any time. If we had someone that would, you know, commit to doing one to well two to three minute game reviews on there 
yeah. uh, little podcasts, and we'd promote the heck out of it. But it needs to be someone that's going to actually play games and understand the difference between a good game and a bad game. Why too much in-app purchases and notifications is bad for gamers and bad for the industry. And, you know, a free game that only lets you play a certain amount of levels. And then, okay, well, if you want to play any more, then you have to go buy the full version of the game. Or you can unlock the rest of the game. Obsessively, to me, in-app purchases should have been the difference between a full game and a demo. If I like the game, I in-app purchase the rest of these levels. That's what it should have been. Every game should have been free with an in-app purchase to to unlock the rest of the game because you liked it. But... And, and occasionally, maybe you know, you get you could buy extra manta, mantra, manta. What is that called? Manta for uh, Diablo. Oh, uh, mana. Mana. That was a yeah. Michael Mana, the wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that's fine, but they've taken it to the extreme, and it doesn't seem like Apple has any. Look, Apple's very strict on what they allow in there, but once the game's in there. Man, it, it seems like there's, it's just the Wild West. Well, I, I suppose Apple doesn't want to become... It, it doesn't want to engage directly with people's business models. Well, but they do. Uh, I mean, the, well, that, that ship sailed. Yeah, I suppose so. But there's a difference between what they do by curating it at the point of entry and then monitoring it after it's in. Because let's face it, what would happen if, if, they, if they changed the in-app purchasing rules to try and cut down on some of this stuff... Um, what what people would do is they would just bring it in later on. But that's fine. But it, it, at, at the very least, they could not heavily promote those games. The thrust of this this Edge article is that the the difficulty is is that the business models that have been successful, the Candy Crush Saga business model of very heavy in app purchasing, um, has made people so conservative and so unwilling to try anything different. They all want to try and copy that model, and this game loft example is a, is a uh, you mentioned the Spider Man game is a prime example of that. It it's like okay, so we developed this game. It's a big uh, open world sandbox game, so uh, we needed a big team for it, and we had to pay for the Sony license for the Spider Man two property and everything. So that means the game can't be free at per- uh, free at purchase. You've got to pay five dot five bucks, but then we still want to spam you with the in app purchases and everything. We want it to be a, a long tail revenue stream. So you put a like stuff in there and the thing gets sucky reviews and Gameloft are probably saying oh well yeah the reviewers aren't going to like it but it's it's a big movie property when the big movie hits the summer so we'll probably get away with it It, it's just effectively it's like the cash cow movie industry all over again Um, so what what is Apple to do just let it go (laughs) trust the buyers are not going to buy those games because they are I think the best thing that Apple could do is to revise the um, promotional experience in the app store but i think also they could also reach out to developers and say to them hey you know what just being fe- uh, listed as a feature in the app store is not the only way to promote your game and this goes about something we've said before and it goes about what we've just been talking about with touch arcade as well is there are plenty of other outlets to promote your software and they don't have to be big expensive um movie licenses and they don't have to be uh, getting yourself featured on the app store is the only way to be successful you can go out there you can reach out to the whole of the tech internet uh, and you could do what games like flappy bird bird did 
Yeah, which is catch a wave, get get some word of mouth, promote, talk about it. And actually, you know, if you've got a quality product, your quality will rise to the top on different outlets. And and if you're then charging a fair price for it, you'll make a lot of money. I can't argue with you, David. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think free versions of games that promote the full experience, either through in-app purchase or a limited game compared to the full game. I'll give you a prime example. I downloaded it, and this kind of sounds contradictory to what I just said, that I'm downloading a lot less games. But this is absolutely true. A game came out, I think it was $10 or $15, called Oceanhorn. And it got fabulous reviews. It's basically, it out-Zelda's Zelda. But it's on uh, the iPad. And it looked very, very interesting. And I really did want to try it. But I just didn't know if I was going to play it a lot. Would I really like it? $15 or $10, that's a lot of money in a, in a for an iOS game. And it came out a good six months ago, so I just never bought it. But I keep waiting for it to go on sale, and I never saw it on sale. Well, they just came out with something, the company that makes it. It's called uh, Oceanhorn Limited Benchmark Edition. It's free. And it's yep. from what I could see, it's only a couple levels. It gives you a flavor of what the games like to play. I downloaded it. It wasn't a large game. I mean, it was. I think it was less than 100 megabytes or right around there. I downloaded it. I put it on my iPad. I still haven't played it yet. But that's a great tactic. And the only reason I knew it even existed, this free version, is because they have an ad up on the Touch Arcade. And so I thought, well, I'm going to give it a try. It's for free. And I know the full game is going to cost me X number of dollars. But this way I can experience it before I even try it. That's what a demo was supposed to do. Back when I first got my uh, Xbox 360, and you could probably remember this, David... Xbox had a lot of demos yeah. uh, that you could download. And there was magazines you could subscribe to that would come with a disc with two or three demos on it. I bought more games because of demos than I ever would have bought otherwise. There was there were games that, oh, what was it? The uh, It was like Grand Theft Auto, and it was the first open-world sandbox on the next-generation console called Saints Row. Mm-hmm. Now, Saints Row nowadays has gone like it's crazy and it's it's kind of goofy and it doesn't take itself serious but the first game they did and i downloaded the demo and it literally locked you into like a 10 block radius you couldn't go beyond that but you could see that the city was going to be huge the graphics at the time it was on the 360 it looked better than grand theft auto it was awesome and i must have played that demo and explored those 10 blocks for weeks before the game came out and the day that game came out i went and bought it but I only did because of that demo. So I think Oceanhorn, this is a great opportunity for other companies to learn from. This game got a lot of good reviews. I know it was selling pretty well, but there's a lot more people like you and me, David, who see that $10, $15 price tag and go, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what about a free download? And if you like it, now you're much more comfortable going buying the full version. Or yeah. unlocking the rest of it through an in-app purchase. To me, that makes more sense. Yeah. That's, that's good business sense for the companies. And as a consumer, I'm more confident in my purchasing what I'm what I'm going to get here. That's right. It should be that, hard. To me, that makes sense. Yeah. But I think I think going back to what we've started with, though, Apple does need to do something different with they the have way to. they. The way the app store is organized, 
because it's just it's just not great. In the it's moment. a hot mess. Finding anything in the app store number one is, is it's just it's not fun anymore. Even the sense of when when Apple first came out with the iTunes Store for music, I spent hours and hours just exploring it, finding all this different music, and I spent a lot of money. I don't do that anymore on the app side of it at all because it's it's it just seems like it's i'm not finding what i'm looking for even though i don't know what i'm looking for if that makes any sense well that's the that's the problem if you don't know what you're looking for you can't find it right you can't you can't browse it like you like you could browse a music store or a bookstore or something like that now, granted with a music store i can get a preview you know if it's a movie type of website i can see an, a, a trailer but with the App Store, there's just no way to really experience any of it. Now, they started doing something that I thought was great, but it's only a handful of games so far, and that's a video preview within iTunes. You know how, like, you scroll over to see the different screenshots? Yeah. They were start- they're starting to put movies there now. Mm-hmm. But even then, if it's just a, a CGI-made trailer for your game, and it's not actual gameplay, that doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't get me excited. I want to see actual gameplay. What's it look like playing this game? But I think that is a step in the right direction. Would you agree? Oh well, well it's, yeah, it is. But I, I think that the searching and the way everything's organized um, needs massive improvement. Yeah. Um, you know, just the very high level genre tags just don't cut it anymore. No, because I mean, I I even don't know what some of those titles mean. No, and I've been playing video games since the seventies. So have you? Or like, yep. I don't know what that means. Well, so they 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 differentiate. I mean, what's the difference between? Um, well, let's take Diablo three as an example. What would you you, you call it a dungeon crawler? Yeah, but that's a, that's a gaming term. To some, to, if I if I told my wife that I've got a dungeon crawler, she wouldn't know what the hell that is. Right. But is it an action game? Is it a strategy game? Is it adventure? Is it is it an adventure game? Is it a role playing game? Well, it's actually all four of those kind of mixed together. Right. So where are they? And, and that's that's the problem with the app store is that by having tags, some simplistic tags as, as that, they you immediately invalidate that function because you can't use those to search for anything. There was a game that I really like. It was Warcraft Two. Then I like Starcraft, and I like Starcraft Two as well. Even though I kind of like Starcraft the original one better. I like those kind of games where I. I cre- I, I'm building a city or a base. I'm harvesting a few different things. I'm building an army. I'm building my defenses. I'm looking for the enemy. Uh, I'm setting defenses around the map. I like those kind of games. That's uh, that's a real-time strategy, right? Yeah. RTS game. They don't have that in the Apple Store. RTS doesn't exist. And so when I want to find games like that, and the closest I found was... Uh, a game loft game and it's kind of like starcraft but it's way too simple there's only a couple um maps and they've never updated it it could have been great but it's not um but it's still the closest to starcraft that i've ever found on the ipad but how do i find games like that i mean when i do a search for good rts on on the ipad i still come across stuff when the game store first or when the app store first launched one's called war the graphics are terrible but it's super challenging uh and it's st- it they still sell it and you can actually download more maps from users 
inside the, the app itself. And I play it occasionally, but it's the graphics are just really bad. It didn't scale well. Yeah. And it hasn't been updated in like three years. Um, but that's just one example. Where, how, shouldn't there be an RTS section? Because to me, that makes perfect sense on the App Store. But there's nothing uh, like it. Yeah, no. Um, well, as we said, it needs fixing. Yeah. Um, and Well, I think you and I should just do it. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, perhaps next weekend I'm not busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, it, it needs to change. And I think we both agree that the App Store, in a fundal, fundamental way, is broken. And I don't know that Android is doing any better. No. But I, I think this is what Edge were trying to say. They were trying to say that if Apple took the opportunity to address some of these things, then there's a lot more money there on the table they could get. I, I think they're losing a lot of sales. I know they're losing sales for me. I know that for a fact. You know, um, there's games that my kids want to play, and I go look at them. And it says they're free, but then all the reviews are bad, and it, and they all complain about the in-app purchases. And I don't know if I should download the game or not. And that is a big problem. When I've got kids wanting me to get these games for them, and I'm hesitant because I, the last thing I want is some game that they download, they start getting into, and they can't do anything with unless I spend $20 in in-app purchases because that would just tick me off. And it will tick them off too because they're not going to get it. I'm not spending twenty dollars in in-app purchase for them. Yeah, and maybe I, that makes me a bad dad. I don't know, but I'm not doing it. I feel like I'm getting ripped off. So, yeah, that's where I come down on it. I think we are in agreement. Uh, definitely. Hmm. Anything else going on before we wrap up this episode of Tech Fan, David? Oh, there's stuff going on. There's always stuff going on, but um, save it for next week. Yeah. So, anybody listening out there, if you guys have got any. Uh, opinions one way or another on in-app purchases we'd love to hear about it send us feedback it's uh tim at techfan.com and david at techfan no wait techfan.com techfan podcast i mean a techfan i think is like the university of something (laughs) (laughs) uh of course you can always go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a comment right there on the site i don't know if we've gotten any since the last show david that means you've not looked. Well, it means I have not looked, and it's been, at least here in the United States, the weather is turning. We had just a terrible winter throughout most of the country. And, uh, you know, people were kind of trapped inside. It's been a nice out lately, and I think more people are outside enjoying the weather. And uh, that means less time spent commenting on our podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. So go to techfanpodcast.com. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back towards the end of this week, probably uh, Friday or Saturday, and with another exciting episode. See you then, David. See you then.